This is the Lights On Show. My name is Jacob Morissette. I'm an honor student at Boise State University, and this is my podcast centered around turning the lights on. I go and talk to -to day-to-day professionals to learn how they've mastered their craft. We go in-depth on the inner workings of their perspective, their process, and their strategies, all in the hopes of inspiring others. Alright, what's up guys? So, um, pardon for my not being able to upload last week. Um, I was packing and trying to fit everything into the car and then had to move and uh, to college in Boise, Idaho. So it was really hectic, really crazy um, to even try to think about getting an episode out. So I had to wait until this Saturday when I had a lot more free time to be able to edit and to be able to make this segment and do all that jazz. So um, again, I say it, I say it in the main part of this. Um, but I'm with Ryan Mowick again, and I this is my first upload in Boise, Idaho. So really awesome, really fun. If I sound kind of quiet, it's because it's 7.30 in the morning, and I'm not trying to wake up my uh, wallmate, because that might be a little annoying. Um, so that's pretty much it um, so far. I'm loving it. Um, being with my own person and being able to do kind of whatever I want. And uh, I have the unlimited meal plan, which I'll get to uh, in a later episode. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, the people here are awesome. The campus is awesome. It's super warm, really pretty. And uh, yeah, I'm just really overall excited and really pumped to be able to get a new culture. I guess, behind uh, the mic for this uh, podcast, and hopefully I can be able to get some really interesting people here, people that uh, are real, are hopefully going to be able to change the lives of others, um, potentially through this podcast, so anyways, that's pretty much it for the, uh, for the Lights On Show news before the episode, and uh, hope you guys enjoy, if you guys do, please follow me on Twitter at Lights Underscore Show. And leave a rating on whatever listening service you are on. All right, what's up, light bulbs? So we have uh, Ryan Moak here again. Uh, this will be my last um, episode in Washington before I move. I move on Tuesday, uh, so I wanted to get one quick uh, interview or discussion based uh, right before I leave with uh, one of the people that I respect a ton and has changed my life for the greater that has been here. Uh, on earth and uh, so Ryan Moak is here again and today we're going to be talking about time management um, specifically why I think he is a good one to talk to uh, about this is because he works from home he has a busy schedule lots of kids and has lots of uh, side projects and a lot of responsibility within the industry that he's in Uh, so I want to start out with a definition of a word that I'm going to be using a lot in this episode and it's deep work so I've mentioned this book before Um, by Cal Newport, and it's the book's title, Deep Work, but the deep work in and of itself means professional activities performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive capabilities to the limits. These efforts create new value, improve your skill, and are hard to replicate. So that's what deep work is. So I got my breath. I've run downstairs. (laughs) Okay, so whenever I mention that, it basically means it's distraction-free, it's hard to replicate, and it brings value professionally, uh, which obviously, I guess, to us, 
not only as professionally, like within our jobs, but within our lives. Like it brings value, it's meaningful, and it's awesome. And it's hard to replicate. So that's a quick definition of that, um, of de- what deep work is. So now I want to explain why time and man- well, I want to talk about why is tam- time management so important. You know, uh, what are your thoughts on the importance of time management and what it has to bring um, after hearing this definition of deep work? Yeah, I mean, it's I don't think there's many topics more important than time management. It, to me, it's both temporal and spiritual. It, it affects yeah everything, everything. And it's it determines whether you actually get to that level of deep work that you're talking about there, that level of actually accomplishing something uh, is everything can slip away if you don't manage your time properly. And it's, uh, I believe time is a gift that's been given to everyone, mm-hmm. each of us. And we don't know how much we have. We just got to use it. What we do have the best we can. Yeah, we have to use it to make ourselves happy to, um, obviously reach exaltation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely a precious resource that we have and that we can't find more of. Right. You know, you just, you're kind of given a time slot and you have to just kind of work with it, not knowing what you're going to have. Like my uncle died when he was 32. Some people die when they're 102. Right. You know, there's just huge, vast differences. Mm-hmm. And so understanding time, being able to use it in the best way possible is super important. And I, I completely agree with that 100%. Like, especially being a student or being, um, you know, a, a, a home worker who works on creative things all the time and has big projects. It's it's a lot to handle all the time. And you always got to make sure you're doing it the best you can. So um, I want to talk about the the first thing we do every single day, which is morning routines. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, plays a huge part in my time management because I see um, tons of examples of when I have a kind of a rough start in the morning where I roll over and I'm like, because I, I, I use my Google Home for an alarm. And whenever I say, hey, Google, you know, snooze versus, hey, Google, shut up you know, to actually kick it off. It's all about how, like, whatever response I end up giving will help dictate what I eat that day. And then how I eat that day will then replicate into how I feel and how I work and how those things start. So um, I'm going to talk about my morning routine, and I'd love to be able to hear yours, and maybe we can mm-hmm. kind of come to a good conclusion on, like, what is a good morning routine, how to how to find it, and what does it mean to efficiently run your morning routine. Mm-hmm. So uh, every morning – whether I'm working in the summer or I'm going to school uh, in the winter or fall time, um, I always wake up early. I wake up a good hour to an hour, 30 minutes, depending on what type of community I have, before my destined time to be somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll wake up to my, my Google Home. I always try. I'm really, really stitchy about this. I never try to snooze. I always just try to tell it to shut up. And just I always will physically roll myself out of bed just to try to actually get myself out, no matter what, no excuses, nothing. So I've definitely have gotten a very determined mindset on, all right, it's morning time. Let's start the day. Boom. And then every single day in the morning, I take a shower right away. I get dressed as fast as possible. And I eat breakfast every single day without fail. I will never have a day where I do not eat breakfast except for fast Sundays. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know, to me, like I talked about, like a good wholesome meal is just so important to the rest of my day, my metabolism, how I feel, the energy levels I have, and just, I don't know, it's just something that's super duper important to me. And also going back on kind of like my showers and my, um, the way I clothe myself, I just try to get it done. I just mm-hmm. keep it simple because that's all you're doing, right? You're just bathing and then you're covering up your naked body. That's really all you're doing. And I try, 
I try to keep it, you know, cut clean, simple. I'll just wear pants or shorts, and then I just grab a T-shirt. Um, you know, obviously, if I, I think if I have a, a little bit more of a, a better occasion, like if I have church on Sunday or if I have a good meeting I have to go to, I'll try to dress up a little bit better. But I think for the most part, it's just easy to keep it simple, and it's way more time efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as for morning routine, oh, and then I say morning prayers, obviously, and I kind of, you know, I do, I do all the church stuff. You know, I, I read a good inspirational um, quote, and then I uh, I do some other things that help me kind of make sure I understand, you know, every single day I'm a child of God, and, you know, just help uplift myself, almost have like a spiritual breakfast um, with that type of stuff. Um, and that's all right after I take my shower when I'm actually kind of awake and getting ready to actually think about what the things I'm about to um, communicate with Heavenly Father about. So how about you? What, what does your morning look like? What are some things that you've noticed that you've done? Um, and kind of give me a rundown on that. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, my morning schedules, what you do sounds great. And it's, uh, it's important, I think, to do the same thing every day. Yeah, I understand. You're talking about that consistency. consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the most important things. And when I when I don't have the consistency, I feel like my whole day is thrown off. Oh, for sure, it's really hard. Yeah, uh, so I typically wake up. Uh, I, I try to wake up before six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to wake up at four, and and I sleep in a little bit more now. I was getting too sleep deprived. Yeah, yeah. So I course. try to get up a little before six, and uh, I usually start my day with prayer and scripture study every morning. Yeah, uh, before I do anything else, and then I will I'll do that for an hour. And then I will go to the gym hour, hour and 15 minutes. So you actually work out. So you like to get the blood flowing, like, mm-hmm. boom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll do that. And then, I, yeah, then I come home, uh, shower, and then I just, I try to be at work by, uh, eight, between 8.30 and 9 every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and then I'm going uh, at the, yeah, kind of the same pattern every single day, 8.30 to 5.30 every day. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, yeah, so my morning routine is pretty simple, actually. I just do, you know, I've got a pretty strict workout regimen that I have uh, that I keep five days a week, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's been pretty, it's it's been evolved mm-hmm. from what I used to do. I used to spend two hours in my scriptures every morning. Yeah, did that for about ten years. Well, because I mean, that's what you do in the mission, though. So yeah, well, you do, yeah, you, you get just, two hours. I think it's like how long is it? You know, on your well, it depends day. on how long you take breakfast and if you're studying yeah. on breakfast and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's about two hours actually, two mm-hmm. two and a half. I can't remember exactly, but mm-hmm. yeah. So I was trying to do about an hour and a half to two hours every day. I did that for about ten years, uh-huh. and that was great. I went back to grad school, and then I wasn't able to sustain that anymore. Yeah, because that, that is kind of hard to yeah. basically you're reading for two hours every single day. Mm-hmm. That's hard even if you're not reading the scriptures. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, and when I read, I don't just I, I'm tend to write talks when yeah. I write them, so I'm. I'm topically studying when i'm in there so yeah. I'm, i pick a topic and i just go you are going and... into deep work within the mm-hmm. um yeah yeah no that's a great yeah, point yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean yeah, that's what that's what two hours really allows you to do it yes. really allows you to grab the value that's mm-hmm. in those scriptures especially in that two-hour block right in the morning when you're not distracted boom mm-hmm. yeah get it in yeah. um so i'd like to talk about what you, you said that you had to transition in a bit so what made you go from scripture study well you said grad school but scripture study to working out how, how did you notice a transition um when you decided to switch it up into an exercise because i hear a lot of people they talk about the benefits that waking up and getting your blood flowing right in the morning which mm-hmm. i've never been able to do and i consider myself a morning person mm-hmm. but i always just love working out at night if i'm going to do it just because it helps me wind down but for some people it gets them ready to go yeah so i'd love to be able yeah. to hear kind of your experience um about kind of that transition of switching over um, from a more peaceful, I guess, morning routine to in a 
Yeah, it's intense. Yeah. I, I, I hit it pretty hard. I've, I've worked out uh, regularly since I was 14. Uh-huh. Like I, I haven't really taken any prolonged time off. Yeah. Um, but I haven't had a consistent, uh, I'm at the gym for this long period of time. Like for, there was a, a, a several year period of time where I was actually working out little bursts throughout the day. So every time I'd take a bathroom break, I'd do a set of 30, 50 pushups. Yeah. Or I'd do a set of pull-ups or whatever, just every time I'd leave. And I would just drink a ton of water and make myself have to leave a bunch. And I would just be doing that throughout the day. Yeah. And working and, at home, you could easily pump those out too. Yeah. I was also doing that when I was working at Oh, yeah. But, but I guess like, I guess like tech <laughs> offices though, it's like kind of a normal thing to be doing cool stuff. Like people play ping pong yeah. and people, you yeah. know, it's not really that weird. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So All you right. can, you can do that in certain places. And, uh, so that, that's been pretty regular, regular for me, but I, I wanted to just kind of consolidate it and kind of focus on specific muscle groups every day. So that's, mm-hmm. that was why I made that transition. And, uh, I do, I, I do find that it's, it, it's pretty helpful. If I don't work out, I'm thrown off the, mm-hmm. the whole day. So yeah, I really do need that. And it's, um, I, I just, I feel like it helps kind of everything. I actually don't eat breakfast. It's the one thing uh-huh. I do, uh, intermittent fasting. So okay, I will eat. Yeah. Uh, I try not to eat after eight o'clock at night and I will eat the next day after noon uh-huh. after, after 12 o'clock yeah. I can eat. So, so you do a, so you do a 16, no eat, eat, mm-hmm. eat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, no, I drink water in between. Yeah. There, yeah, but yeah. That's yeah. That's it. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Cool. And, uh, so I, yeah, I work out in a fasted state and Which I actually uh, do like doing that to be honest. It is, it, you feel super good. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah. I, I yeah, I'm able to go pretty hard. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You don't get so. bogged down. You don't have like, I mean, that's not any gross, but you don't have any like, you know, feces or any urine in your system. Like you seriously are ready to go. Like a lot of people like will have to take like, you know, pre-workout poops. But when you're, <laughs> when you're intermittent fasting, you're usually just clear. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I feel great with it. So mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty important. But the, the thing that I did learn for that period of time where I was doing the little bits here and there uh-huh. was something that has helped me with time management in a way that I learned that every second counts uh-huh. in the day. It's not just what block of time can I donate to my intended goal. It's I have little moments of time where I'm I, I, I will have five minutes here. I'll have ten minutes there. What can I do in that ten minutes of time? Yeah. What well, can I do in that two minutes of time? I'm standing in line at Qdoba, whatever. What can I do in that amount of time to kind of further my overall goals? Yeah. And uh, so that was. I, I kind of learned that lesson there and it's kind of a, impacted me still today. I still try to be, if I'm at a red light, you know, I'm sitting there trying to, I'll pull up sometimes a scripture on my phone or I'll recite mm-hmm. a scripture in my head or that kind of thing. Or I'm thinking about, I'll do a quick sketch on my phone of an idea that I have or something. And yeah, yeah it's about maximizing. I learned about maximizing every moment of time that I have. Yeah. And that's, that's been uh, kind of a life changer in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, I find that awesome because uh, I see myself doing the exact same thing. And this is part of the reason why I'm so excited to move is because I hate the traffic here. <laughs> and every single time I sit in traffic, I'm just like, man, I'm wasting so much time. Totally. I, I literally say to myself, this is, I will yell in the car. I just get so frustrated. <laughs> I'm like, this is wasting my time. This is bringing no value yeah. at all. Yeah. Because this book has almost indoctrinate, indoctrinated me with that mindset. And, a lot of people might say that that's kind of hostile, like that kind of sucks. Why would you always want to be so time crunch? But it doesn't really make me upset. It doesn't hinder me. It just makes me feel like, okay, yeah, like I'm really getting stuff done. Yeah. Like I'm not pressured. I mean, yeah, I get, like I said, I get frustrated, but I just get frustrated just because the traffic sucks. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I could yeah. be editing. I could be editing a podcast. I could be creating new ideas. Like sometimes I have to sit there and think of these ideas. Like it's, 
you know, like I have a bunch of the administration stuff I have to do. I have to, yeah. you know, schedule things with people. I have to text you. Like sometimes I'll text in traffic trying to be like, all right, you know, I'll set this one up, this one up. I'll think of ideas like really. Yeah. But I absolutely love that mindset. Something that I've done a lot. So for sure. I think uh, it's a key to success. Oh, so honestly, seriously. I think if you continue down that path, you're going to find success at whatever you're trying to do. Uh-huh. I think, I think God blesses those who dedicate and do all more diligently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, too, you can even work on – come follow me. You could work on, on spiritual things, too, not just temporal things. But you can seriously – if you're sitting in traffic and you're like, man, I'm having a bad day. I need some help right now. You know, you can just say a prayer. Boom. Yep. No distractions. That's it. Yep. And it's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I have done that before because I have had very many times where, especially in Fife, Tacoma area, where oh. people are just jackknifing. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I almost died. Yeah. And you're like, Whoa. Yeah. And you just need to calm down. Yep. You know, like, for real. Um, that's awesome. I absolutely love that. That's so cool we were able to really think about it. Because I, I always thought that I was, like, kind of by myself with that. Like, I didn't really think I, – I had people that were so, like, I guess time conscious about what they're doing. Even, you know, staying in line for keto, but doing all these like, things. Like, just thinking about that. It really is kind of like a, a little step toward success. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to do that because a lot of people get sucked into okay I, I, this is time for me to go on Instagram it's time for me to go on social media and it's like I mean yeah you could do that but bet, good better best right yeah. you know what what is going to be the best for you in the long term mm-hmm. all the time um, and if you step back a level from that that's exactly right and mm-hmm. if you step back a level from that why why does it matter if I choose good better best what why does that matter if you think about really what the purpose of life is yeah is Am I going to overcome life or is life going to overcome me? I think that's the main question God wants to know of us. Oh, for sure. Is Am I going to overcome or is it going to overcome me? And so you kind of see, I don't mean to be judgmental with this, but no, you no, kind no, of no, see yeah. in the elderly kind of two paths. Mm-hmm. You see some elderly who are just the sweetest people you've ever known in your life. And you see some who are the most grumpy, angry people. I think the ones who are the sweetest are the ones who overcame. The grumpy ones are the ones who were overcame. I think, I don't yeah. know. Maybe well, no, that's... no, no, I can, I can really see that though because you can really, and even if like you ask them to share stories of their past, you can, you can see and you can hear in their voice and you can listen to their stories and you can tell which ones were like living it up, loving it, and some that were just all grumpy and just sitting there with a pack of smokes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and... And I don't mean to be judgmental yeah, of this because yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm overcome by life re- way too often. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't mean to say, I, I, good thing I'm above this. I'm not saying that. No, no, I, but, I, but it's just an observation mm-hmm. to think about. Mm-hmm. And I think after making the observation, you can kind of choose for yourself, all right, this situation, I can see this going two ways. Yeah. You know, I could, I could be the old grumpy person. I could be a, an old nice person. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps us not only with like our attitudes, but with how we spend our time too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a crucial thing to ask ourselves when, okay, should I go do this or should I do this with my time? Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. I've never, never thought about that. That's I me, mean, but really though, if you think about it, that kind of lines up pretty parallel to how their lives end up turning out. And especially after a whole lifetime, man, like you can fake stuff for quite a while, but 60, 70, 80 years, 90 years, hundred years, mm-hmm. you know, you're really showing your true colors. You're, yeah. You know, you don't have, you don't care. Mm-hmm. You're just tired of garbage and you just live you. Yeah. Um, for yeah. sure. Especially being retired too. You don't have to, you don't really care about social norms because you're just doing your own thing with your spouse or your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say for a good majority of elderly. Um, all right. That's super awesome. Um, what about minimizing distractions? 
you know, you have eight kids, man. Mm-hmm. Eight kids. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. How do you minimize your distractions? And you work at home, which is right in the middle of the um, the living room. And like um, when we. Well, when, I have an office. Well, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's like, isn't it that it's the little office that you were in when we make cookies? Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like yeah. right in the middle of the living room in the office and you have the glass windows, mm-hmm. the glass door, you can see everything. How do you keep yourself intact? I always notice myself always getting sidetracked. Like I need to do laundry and then I'll be like, Oh wait, I'm kind of hungry. And then I'll go get food and I don't do laundry. Mm-hmm. So how do you do it? Well, it, it, it's, it's intrinsic. Like it's, it's, I, I find it within me. It has to be within me. I have to say, I have to have a goal that day. Uh-huh. And if I don't have a goal for, if, I, if I've got to get these concepts out by the 5.30, if I don't have a goal like that, it's easy to get sidetracked. Yeah. But if I think, if I leave right now, then I'm going to have to work till 6 or 7. Which you don't want to do. No. I've got, to, I've got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've got a million things I've got to do after I get off of work. I don't mm-hmm. have time for that. So I've got to, I've got to knock this out now. And it's got to be good. I can't just knock out just anything. Yeah, it's got to be. It's harder to fix a mistake than it is to do it right the first time. Yeah. So I'm, I get kind of absorbed, actually. I, it doesn't really matter what's going on around me. I, I've got to get this thing done. I just go. I just block everything. I put my headphones on, and I just block it out, and I just go. You're jamming. I yeah. have seen you in your jamming states. <laughs> I usually listen to music that doesn't have words. Mm-hmm. It's just instrumental. instrumental. I love that just stuff. Straight instrumental. I do it too. Yeah, because I don't want words distracting me. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Aiden talked about that, too, in my in our interview oh right 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 yeah she played up the distractions a little bit more i think than it really is in our home it's not as crazy (laughs) as she made it out to be but it's uh yeah there's there's ways to do it if you you just got to be intrinsically motivated it is a mindset thing understanding i think it's understanding the value like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast it's understanding that core principle first Mm -hmm. that i think helps with everything else we're going to talk about yeah understanding that Time is valuable. That deep work is valuable. Deep work can help success. It can help happiness. It can help you spiritually, temporally as well. Yeah. And it's just a super awesome resource to have. More valuable than diamonds. Like, yeah. For real. It is. And so I think, again, if you understand that, then you're able to have that mindset of like, okay, I'm not even going to be distracted. Yep. And then you find the tools like you put on your headphones. I mean, my headphones that you're wearing right now, they're... um their noise cancellation right. and their Bose, Bose, uh, Bose QC35s, yeah, they're expensive, but it was a good investment because I've had to use this many times to block out everything, listen to instrumental stuff, mm-hmm. and then not only that, but like you said, I'm just, okay, I need to get this done. Yeah. And if I don't get this done, I'm going to be staying up all night, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think part of the key of minimize distractions is, one, it's like understand the concept, and two, it's like kind of like what you're doing because I feel like it's hard to get like deep into something if you don't like it so definitely find stuff that you or try to like stuff that you uh are trying to get deep work into you know like you can't fake it that long just like the old people you can't fake something for an extremely long time it's hard yeah it's 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 a it's a burden Mm -hmm. that many many people cannot bear yeah um so then uh kind of a good transition is how do we maximize our deep work so I think this is a little bit different than just like distractions because distractions can prevent even shallow work and shallow mm-hmm. work is still, I guess, somewhat valuable. So shallow work is defined. I didn't take a picture of it to like memorize it, but it's shallow work is like, um, I'm a grocery store, um, clerk and I'm just bagging stuff that doesn't mm-hmm. really create anything valuable. It's kind of easily replicable. Repli- How do you say that word? 
replicatable, yeah. replicable. I don't know. I think, <laughs> it's one it, of those. It's easy, <laughs> it's easy to do over and over again. And distractions can also block shallow work. So I want to specifically talk about how do we maximize our deep work efficiency. And I, I want to pull some few words out of the definition again. And it's uh, at a state of distraction-free concentration, where we talked about that, that push your cognitive capabilities to their limit. So how do we do that? How do we push our cognitive capabilities to, to our limits? Um, I like to offer a suggestion to that, uh, to that question is, is uh, be humble. Mm-hmm. Be, oh, be ready to fail. Be ready to receive help. Be ready to correct yourself. Be ready for others to correct yourself. To correct, yeah, to correct yourself. Um, and to understand that we can go farther than what we think we are. Like, like have more confidence in ourselves. Um, what about you? How, how do you think that we can continue to mac- maximize our, our cognitive ability? Well, I, I think it comes down to what you're doing. If you are bagging groceries, for example, which I did for a while, yeah, which in high everyone school. has that that, yeah. that shallow work job, yeah, right, yeah. We all start. I, I did that. I, I worked at a, a cookie company, also in the mall. Cookie and, company, uh, yeah, that's awesome. And I got I got fired from that job, <laughs> and uh, when I was seventeen, it was a bad bad moment in my life. That's all right. I got fired too. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was. You can do those things and still be thinking about other people or other things and other mm-hmm. situations and still do the work. The question about deep work for me is why? Why do I need to do deep work? It depends on the task I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing something that requires that level of mental thought, then I, I have, I, I don't know, found my way into a career or some sort of goal, some sort of job opportunity that requires that level of thought. And those aren't easy to find necessarily. A lot of, mm. That's why a lot of people go back to school is because they feel unfulfilled in their job. Their job's not requiring that sort of deep thought from no. them. So I think to even get there, you've got to kind of put yourself in that situation to find a, a task worthy of deep thought. And that's to me, that's the biggest challenge. In fact, when I got into grad school, half the time I spent trying to find a problem to solve you know i'm in design school i went to design school and design you have to design solutions well to have yeah. solutions you gotta have a problem and to have a problem you gotta know what the problem is and it's hard to find problems worth solving yeah. and so a lot of times you're working on problems that don't even need deep thought so like two plus two equals four yeah yeah i i well, yeah, it's, that's kind of way out there but yeah you know that, yeah, that idea it, it's yeah and a lot of times you will have a solution like okay i've got sensors okay what can i do with this now Oh, I guess I could stick them on shoes and see how many steps. So I, you know, I mean, like it's a stupid problem. You mm-hmm. don't need to solve that. What is what, you, you got to find a meaningful problem that brings to value? Solve. Yeah, yeah. And and when you find that sort of problem, then then I think the deep thought, the deep work comes easily. In a sense of if if you're invested in the problem, you're going to give all you have to that to mm-hmm. solving it. I think maybe that's just my own personality and. I don't know. That's just kind of how no, I operate, I'm, though. I kind of need that challenge. You no, know, it makes sense because I feel myself doing the same thing, right? Um, schoolwork consumes mm-hmm. me, and that's something mm-hmm. that I'm passionate about. I know I need to have. Um, chemistry is full of problems. Why are you passionate about it? About school? Yeah. Uh, about, about that schoolwork. Why I, does that? But I, I think it's exactly what you talked about, though. It's it's that that solution. I love finding the solutions to the problems that are given to me and the 
and, and that's probably the reason why I have my favorite subjects, right? Some mm-hmm. solutions I feel like are worth finding and some I don't. I don't like English. I don't like finding a solution to, um, I guess, like poetry. I don't like finding a solution to trying to grab people's feelings with um, words and poetry and, and stuff like that. I mean, I, I don't disrespect that. I think that there's there's a great industry there. There's, I mean, if you can get in, but... Um, you know, I respect the people that can do that. It's beautiful. A mm-hmm. lot of the work that can be done is beautiful. But for me specifically, like chemistry, math, STEM, uh, period, I look at these problems and they fascinate me. Okay. I, I love the way the, you know, sorry. Go. So if you, well, no, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I just, I follow up on that. So you love STEM. You love those kind yeah. of problems. Let me ask this. Does it, does what you're going to do with that down the road in your career factor into the amount of engagement that you have now? Uh, so you're asking like, if. Like, like, is it the long-term yeah. goals that are driving your short-term, I got to get this assignment done because if I do well on this assignment, then I'm going to get a good grade. If I get a good grade, I go to college. If I go to college, then I'm going to get this job. And is it, is it- that does pay, play a, a, a good part of it. I definitely would say it's a 50-50. Like, okay. my, my general passion is I love math. I love, like, I literally genuinely actually love solving these problems. Like, mm-hmm. I go to math class, like, calculus, and I, under- and I understand how important a circle is. You know, like, you look at a circle, it's just a circle. But... In, in you know trig uh, and, and sine and cosine the whole sinus little graph system everything like that like seeing that full circle for me is like mm-hmm. um, but then I also know that if I continue to do this well I can do well um, temporarily and continue to, to be financially successful so mm-hmm. it definitely for me is a, a good 50 50 percent for me and I also know that the Lord wants us to uh, you know gain as much knowledge as possible um, so that's also kind of, I guess, a good like added five percent mm-hmm. or you know ten, fifteen percent on top of that. Like, it's not bad to continue to learn knowledge. So I'm just like, all right, I already like doing it. Let's throw it on. Well, this sounds to me like a recipe that you have found for yeah. deep work to get engaged in that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which is it's, you you've already accomplished half the battle, I think, and just right. finding that thing that finding. you love. So then, what's the other half then? Uh, well, the other half is just time getting there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're about to go to college and about yeah. to do all those things. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you you find that the other part of that is, is kind of narrowing down. STEM is a broad, a okay, broad yeah, thing, right? Very, I very mean, it, you know, science, technology, all that. So you've got to you got to figure out where in that that you find the most joy mm-hmm. and then couple that with the financial maximization down the road. And then those two will meet. And then that, to me, that's the recipe that's uh-huh. that. And, and, and you're on that track. I guess that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Once you finalize everything that you're going to be majoring in, that you're going to be focused on with internships, all that, that's to me, the recipe for deep, deep work and, and accomplishing and, yeah. and maximizing your time. I really love that actually. Uh, cause that does kind of encapsulate everything we just talked about. Um, that's awesome that, and yeah, I really do like the fact that the time's the other half cause Time, again, is something that is very much used up and takes a lot of it, – it's a very uh, – what's that? Like uh, it's very depend- – like we're very dependent on it. It's mm-hmm. a very dependable resource that we always have to go back on Yeah. Um, with anything we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, now I want to talk about um, kind of our free time. So um, how and when do we work on personal free time projects? Like how do we – how do we – um, as busy people, um, obviously I'm really busy with school. You're really busy with work and family, but I know that you're still working on your game. You're working on, um, your, uh, your illustrations, just like your concept art. So how do we find time for that? Um, like specifically with you? Cause I think I, I have a little bit easier time with doing that. I just kind of tell myself, all right, 
instead of uh instead of sleeping for 10 12 hours i'm gonna wake up after eight hours and i'm just gonna do this podcast stuff um so i just kind of tell myself to do it and i do it but i think you may be on a little bit more of a time crunch so um like how do you schedule that do you do you have a schedule do you have like a scheduler that you try to block block time out to do things uh, or like, yeah. what's, what's your system? So I used to have, I've had two different systems uh, up until a year ago, a, a little, about 15 months ago, I stopped doing this, this one schedule that I was on, which was go to bed at one and get up at four. And I would draw for go three hours. Go to bed at hours. one? Yeah. In the morning? Uh-huh. And wake up at four? In the morning. So I was you'd getting have three, three hours. hours of sleep every yeah, day. I did that for three straight years. Jeez. And I was working on my portfolio from yeah 4 a.m to 7 a.m and then i would hop on the bus and go to seattle for yeah. my job before you were home uh well yeah so yeah i was working in seattle i was work. Yeah. i was living in uh des moines at the time okay uh, des moines so was, washington isn't that closer to seattle than here it's closer yeah, yeah, yeah. it's closer it's uh, by bus it's an hour bus ride okay and so with traffic and so I would work for three hours, and then I would hop on there and ride the bus and work would you on the work bus. Work on the bus, yeah. Yeah. So I'd take my iPad or my Cintiq and work on the bus, and so I'd just keep going. And then I would work, and then I would come home, draw on the bus, and then I'd eat dinner, be with my family for an hour, and then I was back working for another four hours at night on this thing uh, up until yeah midnight or one every night, mm-hmm. and uh, that was. That was intense, and that was uh, really grind. Yeah, that was putting together a portfolio for uh, the game industry, mm-hmm. and uh, almost paid off, and uh, got real close to it paying off. But then this job that I'm at now came along, and it was too good to pass up, and so kind of all that work was <laughs> yeah. kind of kiss it goodbye. Didn't really matter. I got this job now, it does, so I can't walk away from this new job. So, yeah. uh, long story short, now yeah, I am putting a game together on the side. And I, I have hardly any time for it, honestly. I don't, uh, I, I, you know, in addition to my, my family and my job, I, as you know, I'm working with the, the youth in our, yeah, yeah, and in yeah, our you church. Yeah, and you have a pretty uh, demanding church calling. Yeah, and so with those things combined, and it seems like we have a family who moves into our ward every, every week. Every weekend. Yeah, and so it, I feel like there's always a couple hours every Saturday I'm helping someone move in or move out and uh, so it's just the time just gets disappeared i actually get about three to five hours on my game every week which is which is all together yeah it's not enough to really make no it's it's, it's really hard yeah with a creative thing you don't just sit down and you're immediately productive you you, get your mindset you got it you got to have enough time to get the deep work Mm -hmm. like honestly Mm -hmm. you can do a couple little things but to really kind of like figure out a game uh, a game breaking feature that's going to make the game what the game is or, or something that's really going to pull people through. You gotta yeah. be like, it, it really takes a long time. Like when yeah. I was creating this podcast, I didn't just, uh, like, no, I probably spent a good three to four hours yeah. designing my business cards, designing right. all this stuff, thinking about how, like what direction I was going to take it. My intro I have, I didn't, I didn't just think of that. It took me hours to find the right music and, and have the right welcome to the lights on, like to get my right voice out. Like, right. Yeah, but I had that time to do it, so I probably spent five hours right there on one Saturday mm-hmm. in the deep work mindset. But if you're only getting five hours on a whole week, that's you know scarcely spread out, mm-hmm. way hard. It is. It is. I'm designing character archetypes right now, yeah. and it's it's yeah. You got to get into that deep well, work yeah, mindset, especially with archetypes, man. Like you have to figure out who the character is going to be. Yeah, that's tough because yeah. that can seriously make or break a play a game like that. Yeah, yeah. I've got the game written. I've got the characters designed with words yeah, yeah, yeah now i'm trying to figure out what they look like what uh-huh. is their form what is their quick read what is yeah. well yeah. and you have to make sure that that they're that 
their personality matches with what you make them yeah. look like. Yeah. You know, for sure. Because, I mean, shoot, we even see this in today. Like, you look at someone like, that's not a Jamie. That's a Mark. Yes. Like, like, you, can just kind of, like yes. you can just kind of think of these things. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing a game, especially being in, in UX, you got to think about how is the user going to gonna uh, interact with exactly. this? Exactly. Yeah. Do I want it to be a weird interaction or do I want it to be like a yes yeah. interaction? Yeah. And yeses are what sell yep. and what make it worth yep. it. Not, uh, I don't know. Yep. Exactly. Um, but then, so how do you get that three to five hours though? Because three to five hours, is, I mean, yes, that sucks, but it's better than nothing. It's not at one time. It's yeah, broken yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, it's broken out. But I would still say at least it's better than nothing. It is. So it is. So then how do you still get that though? Like, you know, what's so interesting though. It's uh, yeah, this three to five hours. I'll get half an hour here. Yeah. I'll get an hour here. If I, if I, if I see a block of time, that's half an hour. I actually feel like, oh, that's not enough time to do any damage here. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's actually discouraging a little bit. And I'm like, oh, man. So I, it, it, that is a bit of a challenge, uh, it just, just getting that small amount of time. How do I do it with three to five hours? I don't. That's why it's taking so long. Uh-huh. <laughs> it should be already done. But, yeah, with that little amount of time each week, it's, it's going to mm-hmm. take a while. So uh-huh. I, I would rececommend getting larger time blocks than really – uh, just doing the little bits here and there. If you can somehow block that out, it's been a challenge for me to be able yeah. to do that. But it, but yeah, again, just that's the only thing you can do, right? If you want to make progress, yeah, you just got kind of have to do that. Yeah, you have to uh, you have to make the, you have to make the commitment mm-hmm. for any activity you want to do, mm-hmm. right? You want to have a job, all right? You're committing eight hours in your office doing it. Yep. You want a family, you're committing well at least in your old schedule an hour a day. Yep. You know, sometimes it's all you can get, yeah. but you had it set out. Boom. I'm going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I set out time to do homework. I set out time to do this podcast, you know, um, kind of what we have to do. Yeah. And then to wrap this up, cause I know you have to leave soon. I want to answer one final question is time money. <laughs> it's time money. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I see it that way. Is I see it that way. It's um, because most people are trading their time for money. Yeah, in a sense, especially right? in it's, this modern day yeah. when we do have literal currency, yeah, just like trading goods. Yeah, I, I have told my employer I have a contract with my employer that says, you know, as a salary employee, I will, I will give you forty hours of my life every week mm-hmm. in exchange for this amount of money. And yeah, so yeah, time is, time, but time's more than that. Honestly, yeah, time, time is, yeah, time is life. Time is life. Time, time is, is eternity. It's time. happiness. Yeah. It's it's family. It's love. Yeah, it's the most important thing you have, other than your health. I think. Well, but even without, well, yeah, I guess because time because health can direct how much time you have. So, yeah. yeah. So I actually, I, if I do, you don't have good health, nothing else matters. Yeah. Honestly, if you're living in constant pain, nothing else matters, mm-hmm. which I so. think could also go emo- emotional pain and physical pain. I just mm-hmm. want to clear that up mm-hmm. because emotional pain can sometimes hinder you just as much as physical pain would, mm-hmm. um, for sure. And then, um, yeah, I definitely would say time is money as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also agree with the fact that, um, time is also everything else you just talked about like time is is a valuable resource it's important and it's it's a key aspect to our lives that we live every single day and we need to respect that and we need to think about the things we do and and make the good better and best choices like just cognitively thinking about it like i'm not trying to be hard but just thinking about all right what can i do that's going to bring value bring me happiness make someone else happy make me happy in this amount of time i have Mm -hmm. and sometimes those questions are with 
our social media use or they're with our um you know the the way we drive or what some things that we're just doing like making these cognitive decisions like right now i'm super duper excited to go to boise because i don't have to deal with all the traffic and so this was a big decision i wanted to make and this actually was something i was thinking about when i was um thinking about what school to go to is that if i live on campus i live in boise which is a really well-known biking community I will have good commute, good commute times, and I'll be able to more efficiently use my time for the things I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, versus here, which is terrible. I five parking lot. L- literally, I drive across the par- the I five bridge um, in Milton. It's parked like crazy. It's insane, and that's no way. I I would personally say that's no way to live. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think this is an awesome episode. Let's see how long this is. Yeah, it was a good good forty minute episode. So. Um, and this is, and this was a good 40 minutes. This definitely brought value. I hope it brings value, um, to you guys that, I mean, that's the whole reason why we're doing it. And, uh, so now we're going to end with the high five and, uh, Moke is going to be on his way to his, uh, continually busy schedule. And actually I'll be seeing him at six o'clock tonight, yep. but, uh, yeah. All right, here we go. Awesome. Well, sweet. Appreciate you having, uh, Thanks having, for having you on me. the team. Yep. All right. And, uh, this will be the last time we'll have a, well, I don't know, maybe. Maybe like in the future, like during the summertime before I leave my mission. Oh yeah, we'll we'll definitely link up again for sure, for sure, because that'll yeah. be good. You yeah. know, the, the audience likes you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. No one, I don't think people actually comment. Man, that Moe guy, he's he's sweet. People don't. I don't think people actually say that on no. a podcast. No, but, I don't think so. I like talking with you. Yeah. So yeah. you know, you're you're a podcast favorite for me. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, good to be right. here. All right. See you. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>